This is the Blue and Good Time Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a Blooming Good Time. I'm Riley. And I'm Emma. And I'm Beth. Good. What day? Wait. Morning? Is it morning? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Is it morning? It is morning. Good afternoon. Oh, Just I, in case. I don't know. Maybe they're listening Whatever to time it, it is Good for evening. you, I guess. Maybe you can't sleep. I don't know. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. We're currently moving um, location yes. right now. We are in the yurt. Uh, yurt. <laughs> So, so if, if you hear raining on the ceiling, it's just part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. it's very stormy. Apparently a last minute winter storm is brewing. Yesterday there was a winter storm. It was crazy. Didn't feel like a winter storm, though, no. because it was so warm was, and no, like, no wind. No. It was almost 70 degrees, and we were just enjoying the day. And then out of the blue, we're like, what is that? There's a huge, huge thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah. But it's still no wind. No. Just like tons of thunder, really warm. Didn't see the lightning. Hail. No, didn't see lightning. No. But apparently there was. I don't know. It's like. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like, that, you know, I, I felt like we went from just because you guys weren't necessarily here for it, but it was so cold and wintry. And then we left for Ontario, Canada, and then we came back and it just warmed up and it was like spring has sprung and I was just so excited Mm. and then I saw the weather forecast that you know we could get snow tonight and I know it's transition but I don't know I feel like (laughs) winter all of a sudden said hey wait a second I have another storm wait for me catch you know what it is it's Celtic season that's what it is because it didn't feel very Celtic-y no. No, it felt very spring. And now it does. And um, we were really tired. And as you guys, or our older listeners who followed us since last year, know that we're really big on Celtic season. We've kind of made it up. I don't know if other people think of this time of year as Celtic season. We but do have a lot of Irish and um, yeah, listeners. St. Patty's, we go I all out. I don't know if they celebrate it as much as they no, do in the U.S. They probably no. think we're weird. I think it's a pretty... We've made up our own thing, I think. <laughs> So, yeah, St. Patty's, we usually have a big dinner, invite a bunch of our friends, and we make all Irish meals, and then we watch River Dancing at the end. And we try to dance to it. Oh, yeah. We know every every That's, that's after every a few rhythm. beverages. <laughs> few We're all, beverages. like, tapping Doing our, fingers. our fingers. I can't do the moves, though. I'm like, I can do finger dancing. <laughs> like, here we go. We all know the beat. Class. So this year we were late. We're lagging. It's already been St. Patty's, but we were like dead mm. after our trip. So we're like, you know what? It's fine. Let's push it back a week. And Let's we're do doing that. it a week late. We are. And I was like totally fine with it because I'm like, you know, I don't feel like entertaining, sure. cooking, big meal, anything. Because right when we got back, I entertained a big group. Yeah. Yeah. That that video came out last week on YouTube. You can see that if you'd like. Riley and yeah. I put together a really nice tablescape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun. So, here we are in Celtic season. I know. I, I Catching Actually, up. I was looking at some pictures back on you, our in, Instagram. And mm-hmm. just like some of our stories. And I was kind of coming up with a reel because that's so fun to do. And I found the one where you're walking with the... the um, Daffodils. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're walking along, and I'm like, whoo, they just started blooming. Like, it is mid-March. And you took that, yeah, you took that photo at the beginning, before Celtic season, because we used that for our episode. Yeah, we did. Riley's like, I don't remember. I do remember. (laughs) I remember um, last St. Patrick's, I think it was last St. Patrick's Day, we had, like, ranunculus and, like, all the daffodils because I did an arrangement that was, like, orange and green and white, and I had all that stuff, and now I don't have it because they're just starting. But, yeah, every year is different. We definitely are off on our schedule now. Next year we're going to rock it because Emma and I and Riley and I, we all sat down and figured out some amazing tulips, anemones, ranunculus that we're ordering in. And we're and planting early. 
we our are goal planting is early. to have as early a start to spring as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. I am excited because we're going to do that. We're going to start uh, sprouting our stuff at the end of August, first of September, getting mm. it in the ground. Can you guys hear that rain? <laughs> I don't know if they can, but I can hear it. I can hear it, but. So, it's okay. It's okay. okay. It's actually it's really, it's yeah. a little ASMR moment. Shh. Yes. Close we've your eyes. <laughs> Everybody relax. <laughs> no, I love the year because it is such a soothing place, actually. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know it's if it's weird. the shape or what. I don't know. Because everybody that walks in feels it. Sorry. <laughs> I keep interrupting Riley and she just glared at me. No, it's just cozy. But it's weird how you get so used to sleeping in here and like used to like pretty much sleeping outdoors every night Mm -hmm. and like being in fresh air all the time because then like when you stay in like a house you feel it like your like body's like almost more sluggish in a way we should recommend that other podcast that we just listened to all of us oh the the meat one yeah hold up well they just did a couple episodes i think most of their episodes are on okay so it's the meat mafia and they generally go out to a male Dominant, dominant um, audience. audience. Mm-hmm. And this time they did two episodes with two different women, Ka- uh, Kaylee McDevitt and Brittany McGetrick. They're both Mick. They, they're both Celtic. They're no. both Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to. I don't know. But anyways, we're that up. <laughs> they both are very into women's health and we. We're pruning roses out in the yeah. sun, and we were all listening to these podcast episodes, but we didn't really realize. And then I come in, and we're making lunch, and Riley's like, I've been listening to this podcast episode, and it's about this. And I'm like, I'm listening to that. <laughs> and we learned so much from them. It's really cool, but I just felt like, wow, um, we're doing a lot of things right yeah, not yeah. a lot, but okay, that sounds really. <laughs> we are absolutely perfect in every single way. <laughs> every single and way. Wow, I don't need to learn. I don't need to learn anything. Ugh. No, um, but more so, what I was thinking was, um, we are really lucky in that we have a job that we can be outside and be connected to nature because yeah. they were just talking about how so many people have so many health issues because they work inside, they're always in front of a screen, they're not connected to nature anymore, and then they're not eating food that's from gardens that have any minerals in it. Like, everyone is just, like, the mineral intake is very, very low for people. So I was like, ooh, look at us go. Yeah, there I was think, a lot more in the episode. Yeah, but totally. That was really interesting. Section. It was just, yeah, they were talking about menstrual cycles and like, yeah, how something. it all plays together, which is interesting because us three work together every single day, and it's mm. we've noticed like different things about each one of us that you know we cycle through things or we kind of go as a group, and you know what I mean. It's just interesting. Do you mean our menstrual cycle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that kind of like. I don't know, like our moods, you know, um, I'm going through they talk, perimenopause. So you just yeah. like, you know, there's some different things like I'm learning. And I think this this year we kind of talked about it, I think, in an earlier podcast, maybe at the end of last year, um, was a year that we're just really all of us are really searching for better health, even though we're in good health. But it's like really doing um, what's best for our own individual bodies, I guess, and really mm. kind of on that journey together. And so that's been kind of fun. And so I think this podcast was kind of just another eye opener, something to examine. Um, I know just from having um, um, a child or two children that have had gone through kind of some medical stuff, especially when they were younger, and you learn to use um, a doctor as more of a counselor, not that it's always fact. Like you yeah. have to really like delve into what research and delve in. And then also know that sometimes your research can lead you down a bad rabbit hole Yeah, and be aware of that as well. There's two ditches to everything. There is exactly. Yeah. But, but I have learned that there are some doctors that all they want to do is write you you know like here's a prescription to fix this but what is causing it like that's the question we ask right now yeah. i used to not i used to be like oh yeah yeah let's do this you say it 
let's do it. Now I well, don't. I've after learned. listening to them, I definitely was like, this is the lifestyle for me. Like, yes. I just, I would love to be a homemaker and just like grow my own vegetables, can, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I was like, yeah, that's, it just kind of affirmed for me that's what I want to do. Well, yeah. I think that's why God intends us to be, mm-hmm. at least in our, how we're raised or how, our views in life. Um, yeah. That's how we feel, but, or at least I know Emma does. Just healthy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just to be just really aware of what's around us. So it makes me healthy eating. and happy, so. Yeah. Anyways, that was really fun. And we've been, that, ca- we've been seeding a ton. This is like yeah. the time of year where we are seeding the heck out of everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we call this the podcast season anyways, because we've always got our earbuds in, we're working, and yeah, the communication you- lacks a little bit because we're... Everybody's butted in. It's always, I'm like, hey, Riley, get it. <laughs> we're all in our own zone. Riley, you should just know Emma. by now that we're going to have headphones in and not be offended by it. <laughs> See, I always put one headphone in and I leave the other one out because people talk to me all the time. So, mm. yeah, I've been seeding a lot of vegetables, which has been really fun. My eggplants finally popped up today. My, yes. I know, I'm super so excited. So rewarding when you get something to germinate. Yeah. I'm really excited too because I'm doing a lot of like very different types of eggplants. A lot of them are like more um, out of Asia. Okay. Um, I like, I have, and they're like skinnier. I have like Ooh. one that's like a traditional like eggplant, like a chunky, <laughs> like making chunky some baby. moussaka. Not moussaka. <laughs> I could make moussaka. Oh my gosh, you should totally make moussaka. Uh, I want to try to make that in the Celtic really bad, which is like eggplant dip. Ooh, and it's like Greek. Uh, <laughs> you like eggplants that one vegetable where you're like, what do I do with it? You have to learn how to like <laughs> prepare it for sure. But I've been like doing a lot of research on it though, because like it doesn't have a ton of flavor. Yeah. But it has like a really fun like workable texture. It's almost like tofu in that way, mm. where it like uh, absorbs whatever you put it with. You just have to cook it right. Anyway, really interesting. I'm really excited. I got these ones that are like called like Thai frogs, and they're literally like a little ball. What? They're super tiny and like little purple egg looking things. You got a lot of really cool things. Yeah. That, that catalog that you had, I don't know what catalog you were. It's Baker Creek. Ordered. Baker Creek. They have a lot of heirloom ones, which means I can collect seed from them and continuously plant. Their catalog is just very aesthetic. Yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> they put a lot of work into that. And they have so many varieties and they especially have amazing like varieties of different um, strands out of Asia and which I think is really cool. Yeah. And they're always constantly like looking for new things. I'm doing Chinese cabbage this year too, which is like pretty much like Napa cabbage to make uh, kimchi. Hopefully I really want it to work. <laughs> My like main thing is I'm so nervous that I'm like going to plant all this stuff and then I'm going to fail. <laughs> I think every year there's certain things that you thrive on and certain things you're going to fail at and then you do better the next year. That's part of gardening. That's okay. I just have to like give that up. Yeah. Because I just want it to be like amazing, but I know like something is going to flop. I just. But that's how you learn. (laughs) I have so many different types of tomatoes, like literally like probably like 10 different varieties of tomatoes i can't wait tomatoes are one of my favorites and they look so good right now what i've been just longing for is um like a good cheeseburger homemade cheeseburger with like a thick slice of really good tomato tomato. beefy tomato that's just like a good crunchy lettuce on it absolutely i've been longing for that i just can't wait till summer comes and we can uh Make sure to save things for winter as well, because mm. like, right now we're running low on our supplies. and We are, I, which is good because we, like, have, we've been using it. Because I mm. think there are people that actually can and love doing all that, but they don't actually eat the garden. Like my brother Stuart, if you're listening, <laughs> he would grow these massive gardens and not do one thing with it. He wouldn't Any eat it. it. No, I had no idea. I had no clue, because we, growing up as kids... We ate from the garden. That's what we did. Well, that's how you grow it. Yeah. But I do think that that's a big problem, actually. It seems really dumb. Yes. Like, well, why would you grow it then? Yeah. 
but you're so tired by the time it's harvest. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I got to do all, like, I got to can all of this. I got to, I don't yeah. know, collect it, freeze it, make all the things. I think Riley's done a really good job as well with limiting herself because I think as a gardener you can say I want all these things and I'm going to grow 25 tomato plants and I'm going to grow 30 eggplants and I'm going to grow you know because I have the seed I'm going to seed this all and what's cool is that you know she's kind of done the math she used um I looked I did a lot of research on it yeah Um, I found a couple different bloggers and they did some math on like how much if you're wanting to save or grow a garden that you would eat off for an entire year, how many plants would you need ideally? Mm-hmm. And so I went for that and then I'm like, well, there's five different, there's five people living in our house. Plus I want to think about like any extra I can give to my friends. Every time I come over, I can bring them like a basket. Which because that's not cute. So cute. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm literally so excited. So if any of my friends want to invite me over this summer, I'm just saying I'll bring you the goods. But yeah, so I did all the math in that. And then like, I, you kind of know like how much you're going to eat from each plant. And like, I have this many varieties of zucchini and then I want, I don't know, like you plant this many and then how many are actually going to come up and kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be good. We also, I'm so excited. I'm going to. So excited. <laughs> she lights up when we start talking we about it. We should do a whole podcast episode on our garden plan. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but we do have Melissa K. Norris's book as well that we looked at. Um, she's the gal from Washington, uh, the gardener. Um, yeah. It's great. I totally. We looked at that. That was amazing. Lots of re- yeah. good research in there. So it, it kind of t- it has like a workbook and then you go through and you can kind of calculate out how much your family eats of each thing and it walks you through it. But she's she's got a YouTube channel that's amazing. And if you're into that kind of stuff, she really talks about collecting seeds like yes. Riley wants to do and all the things canning. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to be magical. I really hope so, because, uh, yeah, I have so many things. I finally fin- finished planting. I think I'm almost done planting everything I need to plant. Like, start seeding. You know what I mean? Nice. You know. Do you need to succession plant that, though? Yes, I do. That's my next thing, is lettuce. I didn't get to it yesterday, but I needed to do How is it looking? My lettuce? Yeah. There's up. (laughs) Well, I know the tray that you did. Oh, that's good. They're all good. Okay. I think that can move out to the greenhouse, maybe. They're still tiny, though. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Don't worry about it, Beth. I got it. I'm not. Uh, this is one nice thing. I'm just walking away and letting Riley do it. <sighs> anyway, so what are we talking about? Enough of me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Enough of the garden. Enough uh, of the garden. We'll do another episode about that later. Um, but we wanted to do an episode dedicated to roses because this last week, and maybe last week too, we've been slowly getting through all of our roses and pruning them. And... You know, we're just doing a lot of research on roses. Um, Beth recently ordered a bunch of new roses because she has big plans. I do. Um, and there's a lot of different kinds of roses. Did you say accidentally ordered? No. <laughs> I thought you did. I heard accidentally ordered. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I, I accidentally said that, did it. I could have. <laughs> that was just for Jason. <laughs> Beth accidentally ordered roses. She yeah, she didn't do it on purpose. That's <laughs> fun. Look back. Maybe I did say that. I didn't mean that. No, it's fine. I think it's funny. Because <laughs> we all like pretend like, oops, we accidentally, we forgot. And, you know, gardeners are like that. Well, anyways, I don't remember saying that. But <laughs> um, so we we wanted to dedicate a whole episode to it. Yeah. Because this time of year is the time you need to be pruning. So maybe you'll listen to this and be like, oh, that's something I need to go do. Yeah. And you're not a flower farmer and you have maybe five roses and it's way more attainable. Mm. (laughs) Ours is a little overwhelming. It is a little overwhelming. I will say this is like next to Dahlia's. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest jobs that we have on the farm is getting through the big prune of the year. Yeah. And then putting down compost and all the things your back is killing you because you're yeah you're bending over slightly all day yeah mm. 
It's weird. So um, somebody, I was just on like social media and somebody was saying there's this big Dahlia craze right now, which is funny to me because it was mums last year and or the year before. I can't remember. So every year there's something new that people are gaga over and have to have. And um, so it's it's Dahlia's. And somebody said I don't they were kind of upset because I don't understand why all these people are selling these Dahlia's for, you know, ten dollars to twenty dollars a tuber you know holy moly whoa yeah and so these are just these are farmer farmers you know uh not big ones like swan island and you know some of the bigger ones they you know some of these people that are well known and you know people follow them on instagram they got huge followers they're selling them for a ton of money because they can right and people were upset like farmers like well how are we supposed to get the good varieties when we, you know, we need them wholesale. We can't afford to buy. No, we can't. You know what I mean? <laughs> and somebody went on there and said, well, you know, they had to figure out where to get it from. They had to divide them. They had to, you know, pay the price to get that really nice Dahlia or whatever. And that's why Dahlias are so expensive. Like you have to condition them just right. Pull mm-hmm. them out of the field, dig them, you know, all those things. Wash them, clean them, store them, divide them plant them and the cycle goes over and over and it's like it's a huge job and then you come to roses like we're talking about today and again I'm sitting here because I was listening to that or reading that right before I went back out to cut our roses and I thought that is why roses are so expensive as well it's so labor intensive and you're constantly watching you're constantly babying and it might be not that you're digging the dahlia but it's almost like you have to year-round care for them I mean, there's a couple months in winter that we just don't really do anything. They should have something done to them, but we don't do it. Um, so anyways, that's that's kind of where I'm going with it is both of those crops, like you said, are super labor intensive. And yeah. the reason they are expensive to purchase, expensive to buy as a cut flower, they're labor intensive. Yes, but they're worth it. They are worth it. They're worth to buy because they pro- they provide a lot of flowers and they're really nice flowers. They are. But yeah, they're the two jobs that we both or all of us kind of like, <laughs> oh, it's that time. Of year I don't again. mind cutting like cutting no. the roses for sale. I love doing that job. Like that's oh, yeah. that's just beautiful. I think it's just the pruning that's uh-huh. that much pruning. Yeah, cuz how many rose bushes do we have? Plants. A lot. I we have know, a field of them. I know. I know we have about what well, we had. So this year we kind of lost a few, but um, we had about seven hundred that we use for cut flower production, mm-hmm. and the other ones are just kind of like beautiful spots in the garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably maybe eight, and it'll probably be about I don't know next year. So basically, <laughs> and then a thousand. <laughs> we have a lot of roses to prune. We do. Yes. But here's, okay, so if you are like us and you have a lot of roses as well, (laughs) chunk it out. That's what we've learned to do with any big project. Last year with the dahlias, we went out and just took a whole week. And, like, every day we just got a few of them. We focused on, like, the varieties that we really loved. Um, We don't put all our time and effort into ones that are not providing well for us. Yeah. Take them out. Left them in the field. Or leave them in the field. Right, exactly. So, um, that too was coming back to what we were talking about, like working out. So Riley and I got up early this morning, went Mm. to the gym and I was thinking, you know, it's about keeping ourselves in top quality shape because I mean, I feel a lot better than I have in the past as far as pruning goes. Because you are bent over. (laughs) It's really messes with your lower back. And, you know, um, from what I've been working on is just that core strengthen, you know, like get that core strengthened, I guess, a little bit more. And so like today, that's all we worked on. Um, And I feel like that even though I'm not 100 percent, it's a lot better than it was the last couple of years. I mean, I could barely get out of bed and now I can get out of bed, you know, in the morning after pruning a ton of roses. I know I need to. Do Get that, that Pilates grind back on, girl. Do you know what it is? What? what? It's too freaking cold. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can't wh- even get myself out. And in the evenings and the morning, it's cold in here. Mm. And I'm like, I can't do it. I know. The gym is pretty cold, too. 
And so when you get there, you're like, I, I don't want to take my coat off. I know once I start, I can do it. I yeah. just, I can't. Just the thought of changing it sounds too cold to me. <laughs> I'm like a twig, okay? I like have zero body heat to me. So it takes a lot for me to start warming up. Anyways, I know I could just do it. I know it's a dumb excuse, but yeah. yeah that's just, why. you know what? Start when it's a little bit warmer on warmer days. Just I know. I actually have no problem working out throughout summer. I love it. It makes mm. me happy. It's winter that really screws me up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm like, maybe I need to go into a gym in winter to do it yeah because like so our gym will you just so pay monthly and that way when i'm like too busy then i can cancel or not cancel just put it on hold like when riley yeah. went to australia yeah well, i just stopped it also when i live in a house someday <laughs> you might have <laughs> it a won't home. be so weather dependent yeah. depending on if you can afford the heat bill then you'll yeah. be like ah i know it's <laughs> a whole nother ball game okay so, so back to our roses i feel like it's going really well this year like i said emma and i have started on it riley's gonna join us next week um and we <laughs> nothing um we just kind of thought you know every year we delve into like kind of you know we watch a few videos we grab our books out we kind of have to remind ourselves yeah because we we do want really good top quality roses especially when you're cutting they have um we ask a lot of our roses so mm. um it just makes sure that like everybody understands oh yep that's how you do it i don't know i just have to re re-look at everything and yeah. glean stuff off of other farmers that that's all they do is roses or something yeah. so today we're going to talk about um pruning how to prune um, and then the next section, we're going to talk about fertilizing or feeding your roses and what time of year that's good for. Um, so we're going to start with pruning. Um, I look this up almost every year because I don't know why. It seems like I should know every year and I do, but I have to give myself a good reminder of yeah. what I'm doing. Um, so a really good marker, which I kind of just learned about this year was waiting for the forsythia to be in bloom, which is, um, what? Nothing, I just, <laughs> forsythia. <laughs> no, you're right, you didn't do that, but I just thought of, like, oh, Keith. <laughs> forsythia. <laughs> no, she said it right. You did say it right. I was just, I was like, that popped into my head. What? My brother Keith said forsythia. No, I just can picture him being like, forsythia. <laughs> We come up with funny names for everything, but it is like a spiky yellow bush. Yeah, it's great for mixed bouquets. We and so we watch for that one. The other one is... It's one of the first things that mm -hmm. bloom in the spring, as well as daffodils. I think it goes before daffodils. It is. Yeah. I think it's one of the very first thing. And then there's quince as well that we're watching for. Yeah. And then... Yeah. They're bright yellow, so they're Can't really good indicator that nature is telling all plants that it's going to be spring soon and roses are about to start growing again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at the there's always pros and cons to it because I mean, mm -hmm. especially like those are the markers we're always looking for, but we can also have like this weekend we're supposed to have snow and a freeze. Again, not a hard freeze, so I think everything's going to be fine. Yeah. But I kind of waited a little bit this year just because we have had really cold weather. And um, so I was just kind of and because you guys weren't home and I was not going to do all the roses by myself. So I just, you know, I'll do so it when you guys get the here. danger with um, not or doing it too early is that wherever you cut and there's a new little bud that's forming, that's going to be the new um, branches. Those could freeze and die. Mm. And then you need to go recut everything. Did you notice that on some of ours, we actually had that already? Yes, I did notice that. Yeah, because we had that really hard freeze right before, or when we were in Ottawa, I think. Yeah. Um, so you can tell that some mm -hmm. buds had started to grow and then there was a freeze and they died. So that's just something to look out for. Um, so what you want to do first is begin with everything dead, diseased, crossing, or damaged. So if you just focus on that first, and I've heard that people like to start from the bottom and go up. So um, anything that is 
like a gray color or brown color. You can tell it's just dry. Sometimes we just like kind of kick out the middle <laughs> carefully. <laughs> you can tell if there's like a big chunk that's just there and it just pops right off. Yeah, it's broken. And it is dead. You want all of that to be gone. Yep. Um, and then you want to start going up and you want to cut off anything that's really small and spindly. Like any branches that are coming off of the main healthy growth, um, you want to start cutting that off. And, and when you're new, um, a good rule of thumb is anything that's smaller than a pencil. So when oh, you're yeah. new, take a pencil out with you. I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that that's kind of like kind of gauged. And now I don't even think about it. I just do. I know what it looks like. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> most people do because, you know, you start with it in, in grade school. <laughs> exactly. You know the size. And I thought it'd be fun to like show some pictures or a diagram. Yeah. We'll post a diagram or something because it's one thing to describe it on here. But I don't yeah. know. So I, I'm well, a visual learner, so I need something to like look at to yeah. see. At the time I think this comes out, we will have our video up of oh, our yeah. pruning. So they can always head over to our YouTube yep. channel. That's perfect. And watch it there. Indeed. Anyway. So, um, uh, Riley, could you put a link below? Yeah, of course. Okay, thank you. That they could watch the YouTube video about what we're talking about. If it's up, then yes, I will do it. But if it's not, I can't do that. <laughs> um, so how you want it to look at kind of at the end... Um, is to have three to 12, like pretty thick, substantial, healthy stems going outward. So the next thing you want to do is make sure that it can breathe. If everything is like crammed up in the middle, has no oxygen, mm-hmm. everything's touching each other and creating wounds. If you think about it, roses, I mean, they get cuts and yeah. they'll rub up against each other. They get sores, almost like callous little mm-hmm. things. Um, and that's a really unhealthy way for a rose to grow because it could cause disease. Yeah. I mean, same with our bodies. If we right. got a cut and we're rubbing up against getting dirt in it, getting dirt and nastiness, yeah, we'll get diseases. And roses are very, it's very common to have different diseases in roses. So this is a great way. So you kind of want it to look like a vase, you know, yeah. that vase shape. Vase balls. I don't know. We're just being fancy. (laughs) We're just trying to. No. Okay. So, Emma, I know we cut our roses, some of our roses, shorter than others. Like, I did all the David Austin roses this year. I do them every year for Mm -hmm. the most part. Um, Riley did them last year. Do you remember that? And your hair got caught? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're (laughs) poor Riley. White. Trauma sizing. Uh, I, I don't think we put it. Did we put it in the video? Or was no, it funny? it's not allowed. <laughs> Riley was too upset. She yeah. was. I was so mad. Her <laughs> hair is super curly, if you haven't seen it. And she got it caught. Because the David Austin roses grow pretty big. I mean, they're taller than me. Yeah. And so when you start to prune them, some of the varieties have mm. no thorns or very little. And some have more. And... I think she she bent down. It happened to me this time, too. Yeah. Bent down to trim one, and she got really caught. I had to, like, I think get scissors to get your hair undone. And I cut the, no, I cut the rose. Oh. I had to cut the rose, the clippers, and then get your hair untangled. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. I have I have cuts all over my arms, actually. Yeah. Just from doing this. I yeah. It got too hot. I couldn't do a long sleeve anymore, and then I got a lot of and cuts. For some reason, rose cuts are, like, way worse than they any other are. cut. They are. Okay. You can get the little, there's, like, a little thorny, like, tip, I think, that breaks off in your skin, and it will fester. It will fester. I, yes. This is going to be really gross. <laughs> you <laughs> do tell. <laughs> I have several times gotten a rose tip stuck in my skin, like a... Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes a bubble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have to pop it. And it's just liquid that comes yeah. out and it comes out with it. But yeah. It's white blood cells. <laughs> that, Riley. It is. <laughs> <laughs> trying to heal the body. It's trying to kick it out because it's a foreign object, you know? Yeah. But roses have that. And I, I remember when I first started cutting roses, I'm like, what in the heck? You know, I keep getting all these slippers. I'm like, I'm not in the bark dust. I'm not doing this. And then I realized, oh, it's so, there's yes. something that very Make sure tip. that you have really good rose gloves. Gloves, specifically rose gloves. And another thing I wanted to talk about was your clippers have to be clean. Oh mm. yeah, we were just talking about disease Sharp and clean. 
And if one of your roses has a disease, then you could be cutting it and then cutting the next one and you're spreading that disease to all your roses. Yeah. I think it's hard when you have 700 roses to like stop and do it between each rose. So we just keep little buckets and um, we use a solution of just vinegar in ours. There's other things you can do. Vinegar and water. Yeah. We did a little solution. Uh, you can use bleach. You can use hydrogen peroxide, which works well. Bleach tends to um, corrode your blade. Yeah, like rests yeah. it. Yeah, and we did that because that was recommended when we first started. And it works great for not or killing all the bad yeah. stuff on your... Yeah, but, this but it year, gets harder and harder to get the roses yeah. as you go. So this year, we just decided, let's just go with vinegar. And let's see how that does. I'm assuming it does great because... Mm-hmm. It uh, does good on the countertops and yeah, cleaning. Kills, I think it kills bacteria, doesn't it? Yeah, it just doesn't disinfect. I mean, like fully. <laughs> like, no, like. <laughs> sorry. Wait, it's a science. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly the science, but maybe people can chime in. Um, so it is a really, really good organic type cleaner. Clean cleaner, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think if you really wanted to disinfect, you would use a hydrogen peroxide. I know a lot of people do that. Just like a wound or a cut, you would use that. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, everybody has their own little thing. We have a visitor today that wants to be on the podcast. This Killian's is Killian. like, Killian. I'm like, your sweater because it looks like his ninklet. His what? <laughs> his blanket. Oh. <laughs> but it's like... I don't know where the anklet came from. Emma made it up. <laughs> oh, it's from my dad. He used to call all our blankets ninklets. <laughs> but it Anyways. looks fuzzies. Your sweater is all fuzzy, so he's like, ooh, I can. Where is his blanket? It's, it's the pink one on the couch. Oh. Well, yeah. Really, it's anything with fuzz. Our cats often join us while we're on the podcast. Yes, they <laughs> and they're do. like, or even on the oh, videos. They're oh, yeah. always on the videos because they're just they always follow. with us. Yeah. Okay, so the next um, step. So once you have those three to twelve really healthy stems kind of facing out, then you're going to cut. I think it's about one third of the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of decide that, but you want to cut down to. Um, an outward facing bud. Bud. If you people can. get Beauty. confused about this, <laughs> I don't see what's confusing okay. about it. What but it means is the bud will be growing away from the plant. Yes. From away from the center of the plant. Yes. Away so from the center. Line up with it and then cut right above it. And then a lot of people like to cut diagonally. I feel like I naturally do that because I'm taller. Right. <laughs> um, supposedly that helps with water, um, not standing on it. But honestly, I feel like it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. You're getting a little too nitpicky with it. But we naturally kind of cut in a diagonal anyways because that's easier for us. Right, yeah. exactly. So you can kind of choose if you want to do that. Um, but we will give you some photos when we post this. Definitely. And then, like I said, well, all of everything we're talking about is going to be on the YouTube video. So you can kind of see what we're talking about if you're really interested. If you, I mean, a lot of people do know how to prune roses and maybe this is just, you know, you know exactly what we're talking about and that's fine. (laughs) Okay. And then the most important is cleaning up the base. That is how they yeah. can get diseases, is if you leave all the old leaves on the base and they start to fester and they give your... I mean, I've seen roses so many times with little black spots or yeah. Yeah, yellow so, leaves. and Yeah, and so those black spot leaves will eventually... Like if, you, if your rose has black spot, and you'll see it on the cane as well, mm-hmm. like kind of a black spot on it, but um, the leaf will fall to the ground and then infect the plant again kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's like a like so you want to try and keep those as clean as possible uh so in the summertime we do a really good job with it and then in the fall we're really tired so sometimes those leaves will fall the black spot leaves i guess and um or cause a problem or in our climate we don't necessarily get a hardy freeze we did this year so we did have a lot of the leaves fall um so sometimes uh, by pruning is taking off most of the leaves and then we have to pick them off you know so Mm -hmm. we don't have as much leaf litter underneath 
the rose bush to clean yeah. up. But this year we did. Oh yeah, in Australia we got hired to um, kind of do some landscaping. <laughs> yes. Very um, hot. Very hot day. That was the. <laughs> we picked a bad time. We almost died. Yeah, we were like, dear God, <laughs> what have we done? Uh, but they mainly wanted us to look at their roses, and because it was summer, we couldn't like prune them, like do a hard prune, but like we could do like a base, Shaping like and- a shape prune, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but their roses had a really big problem with. Um, the black fungicide or fungus yeah black spot yeah black spot and there what it was is one their roses some of them were not like cut to have air flow mm-hmm. and then two they were leaving the leaves on the base and so we're like listen guys <laughs> you want these to survive and thrive you need to get rid of the leaves throw them away be rid of it you know but it's just a learning curve yeah and it's really easy to fix like if you use like you can use natural fungicides on your roses you just spray them on there like once every two weeks i believe it is and it will shouldn't return by the next year you just have to do the prep do the work and they will um love you for that i i find that um Mainly, the black spot really is prevalent in really moist areas. So if they had a sprinkler system or anything like that, that your roses are getting overhead watering, uh, that's going to cause more of an issue with black spot. Mm. And um, it's actually a fungus, which has a really long name that I cannot pronounce, so I'm not going to. <laughs> fungus but, to Taurus. <laughs> no, I'm, it's, it's like, yeah, no. Um so trying to keep the leaves really dry, or if you do have overhead watering, um, try and water by 6 a.m. early in the morning, and then that way, as the sun comes up and the heat of the day, it can dry them out and the wind. And then you definitely want to remove the black spot leaves uh, yeah. as you see them. Like if you walk in your garden every day, and that's why we do that. We We walk the gardens all the time, and we're always looking for diseases pests things before they get out of control that we can nip it in the butt mm-hmm. yeah and then there's better chances that you don't have to use harsh chemicals you can try and do it as naturally as possible so Absolutely. and I, I think a lot of people have given up on roses just because of the black spot issue mm. and some i would say that there are some roses more prone to it i mean we've seen it in the back as well we have some roses that i say back that's our back field that has the majority of our roses and uh, they are more prone to disease and bugs and all the things. And mm. we lose them. We've lost quite a bit this year. Um, we'll talk about it in the video as well. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And yeah. So, I mean, those are the, I think, the biggest things that people deal with. Um, and Australia had one of their wettest springs. Yeah. yeah. They had a very late summer and their, their summer was even really wet. It was not normal. So they had never experienced this disease in their roses. And then all of a sudden this year they got it, but it was flooding and it was really wet this year. So we figured that's probably the reason why. A couple things that roses do, which we don't necessarily see too much of this, but crown gall um, and also that can be in the dahlias as well. So you do have loss there if that gets in. And it's it's almost like... um, an overgrowth, really rapid growth. Um, oh, yeah. So that can be an issue. And then uh, downy mildew, especially in the fall, can be a really issue just because, again, the heat coupled with kind of moisture at night, those fluctuations as we start to head into fall, the end of summer can be a big issue. The powdery mildew, I'm just going to go yeah, quick go through. through. Um, again, is it's kind of a white powder that will end up on the rose buds itself. Again, if you're using some sort of fungicide, that's the best way to take care of that. There's nothing, because you can't really predict the weather, and that does has to have to do with the weather. Um, rose mosaic virus. It's kind of like a, a yellow, like almost like a bug went and kind of like a veining yellow virus. There's no cure for it. So if your rose starts to show reduced vigor and growth, you should remove it and put it in the burn pile. Yeah. If you have a lot of this yellowing um, 
pattern on any your of leaf. this type of disease you you don't want anywhere near others so you want to like go burn it <laughs> Yeah, and then um, there's more. I mean, there's just so much that you can do. Rust, aphids are the biggest pest that we have on the farm. Rose replant disease, I don't know too much about that one. Rose rosette, rosette. Now, that is something that we do see. That is where a rose is kind of like misformed. It kind of looks really odd. Have you guys seen that on the rose especially? There's a like variety a in the back. It's like almost like there's like lots of rose buds in one rose head and it's like really crinkly okay and then i don't know how to else to explain it. i don't remember seeing that but we had it in the back on one of the varieties quite a bit and um i think it's one that we're taking out yeah yeah i think anything you plant you can just see how it does mm-hmm. and if it doesn't do well and on your farm <laughs> we've decided to take out a few that are just not giving us what we would like Hmm. And then putting in more of what we really like. So if you do see that rosettia, yeah, it's like the crinkly look. Um, You can look it up. Almost look like, I don't know, cabbage rose, but that never formed. And it's like really just the bud. Those roses need to be taken out and destroyed. Hmm. Okay. So. It's so interesting. I know. Uh, There's so much to learn about it. I, I definitely have a lot to learn about it. Yeah, especially you just, you, those, some of those are kind of rare. I think the most common is the black spot, black spot aphids, powdery mildew. Those yeah. are kind of our common things here on the farm. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, so now we're keeping our eyes open for it. You also want to look out for suckers. Yeah. Which, Beth, do you want to talk about that? So a sucker is something that we have some varieties that are a little bit more prone to it. And one of the varieties is Coco Loco. Which is sad because those are so pretty. I know. So it seems like, and I don't know, maybe some other farmers that might be listening to this that grow roses, maybe they can chime in. I'm not sure. I've heard from several other farmers that planted at the same time we did. Every couple years, you actually have to pull them out, especially the Coco Logo, um, and just replant new Hmm. roses, Uh, which is hard because they're labor intensive, they're expensive. But what happens is the original graft, so the original rose, which is like this, it's kind of like an old-fashioned red kind of single-petaled rose, will shoot up suckers from the base. Mm -hmm. And they're very vigorous growing. Um, If you let them go to full bloom, they're just this red rose. And it's just the original rose. And a lot of roses are grafted off this. I think all of them are. Anyways, um, our David Austins, some of them have done it, but I mean, my David Austins are over 12 years old and we very rarely have one do that. And so what you do is cut it as close to the ground or beneath the ground as you can. And we tend to add a lot of, um, organic matter back in fertilizer, that kind of thing. And that tends to help, um, again, on the Coco Locos, we're just pulling them out and burning them because at this point, they are all suckers. Yeah. Like it's they just, just turned. To, there's yeah, no this flowers. Last year. Yeah. They just look like a crazy they're explosion. Probably, <laughs> some of them are. Yeah. So the ones that we're pulling out and burning are a little bit over five years old, I think. Yeah. And then the ones in the back have just started doing it last year. And I think they are maybe like three years old. Yeah. So we'll be pulling them out. Most, I'm going to pull some of them now, but, and we're going to replant next year. I think we still have to do a little research on that because I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. I feel like I, I don't know. There's always new things to learn. Yeah. It's frustrating. It is. And because roses are not our number one, I mean, that's not like the full, that's what we grow. We mm-hmm. grow roses and I'm an expert in roses. I am not. <laughs> so maybe no. don't listen to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We do no, I know some. enough. I know enough to like have beautiful roses as a cut flower. Yeah. But and this is how we learn is like mm-hmm. researching and figuring out things. Hmm. Okay. And so you have a lot of climbing roses. How do you go about pruning those? So those are a little bit different. Um, gosh, it is really raining, you guys. Look at that. I know. it. The storm has hit. Yes. You guys are with us. We're supposed to have snow later this afternoon. Not yeah. sticking, but it's going to be... Good thing I didn't plant the peas yesterday. I know. Okay. Um, back to roses. <laughs> Focus. 
Uh, climbing roses. So those are trained roses. They're usually trained on some sort of trellis. Mm-hmm. So they actually have a vertical long, we call them a whip. Yeah. And you can train them up and over like a beautiful arch. You can also train them along a wall. Like um, you can have some wires and that kind of thing. And so then when you take those long whips or the long trailings, then the roses actually send up shoots then straight up and down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of. It's hard Off for me to explain. Off of that whip. Yes. So then you take the main branch, kind of like how you would prune like your blackberries you did the other day, Riley, where you took them and you like trained them along the line. And then from there, then you're going to get vertical then blooms. So it's a little bit different. Time consuming? Yes. Beautiful? <laughs> yes. Romantic? check yes so, and you yeah. got a lot more climbing roses huh <sighs> yes. i Tell accidentally everyone. ordered them she accidentally <laughs> ordered <laughs> them. where are we putting those so where we have my original rose garden when i first started farming years ago um i you know thought i was had an amazing rose garden i bought 10 plants of each variety <laughs> <laughs> so i think i had maybe a hundred rose bushes you know that's pretty big I thought I I had made it I had arrived (laughs) (laughs) and so anyways I planted them close to the house because I I love roses and um and it was beautiful but like I said we're having some problems with especially the coco locos so we're we were going to pull those out we're we were we have plans in the works to potentially put in a new barn kind of thing Mm -hmm. like a processing shed for us here on the farm, which um, not sure when I'll be able to afford that, but it's someday. someday. It's, in the plans. it's in the plans. It's in the works. So off off of that little shed, I want to be able to put. We host some dinners and things like that, and we just don't really have any like flat grassy areas that you could put tables out on. So I'm actually going to plant it in grass, and I'm going to try and do some sort of walled garden, kind of sort of. <laughs> my version of a walled garden and we're doing it in climbing roses I hope this isn't too loud <laughs> I know it is really really stormy out you guys It. oh Shyla's out there I know she should come in oh okay pause, pause. so what I'm gonna do is I'm making a kind of a rose walled garden that's okay. in yeah. my head I'm not sure exactly how it's all going to play out, but I want it to be just this beautiful um, rose, I guess, little arches and kind of walled garden with roses. And so it's going to be a couple layers of roses, I guess. So we'll have just regular like bush type roses and then we have the climbing roses and they're going to be trellised up. And then we'll have some evergreens as well because it's going to look really stupid in the summer or winter time when it's like there. there. But yeah, that's my plan. That's my plan. There is um, some great companion plantings, actually, um, is like the spring bulbs and things like that that can make the bottom look amazing. So I'm going to fill it all in. Nice. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. I'm making it up as I go. (laughs) Then we have a few roses that are just in our garden. So how do you usually prune those ones? Those roses are super old and they're big and like a big bush yeah they i try to clean out the center uh take out all the deads and then i kind of shape them to a pleasing shape i don't cut them as hard so there's two ways of trimming the roses one is for like we are actually production crop and Mm -hmm. we will cut pretty hard on the roses uh down pretty close to the ground because what we're trying to do is encourage more shoots and more roses so the ones that are up at the house they're more for decorative beauty and so we don't cut them down you know very I mean they can be um, probably I would say three two to three feet off the ground instead of the 18 to you know well the David Austin's are a little bit taller but um I forget what the measurement is. A one third of the way down. Yeah. For um, our cutting garden. Yeah. But in the in your garden, you just cut and then. 
It's so, so loud. So loud. So sorry. <laughs> you're getting the I full mean, effect of the year. Oh, okay. So if you, you can keep going. <laughs> but <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> part one. We'll do part two. Uh, what's part two? Can we do part, part two? Part two is all about um, fertilizing. Okay, yeah. let's. Let's let's do that. Let's do yeah. Two. Let's let's break this up into two parts because yeah, okay. that's awesome. People will love that. <laughs> okay, so back to cutting. Yes. Um, so for the roses that are a little bit more decorative along the house and things, I don't cut vigorously on them. I just cut them to be pleasing and shape wise, and I like clean out the center and do all the other things. Be a little more gentle on them. We are. Yeah, and it's beautiful then. Yeah. All right, that's kind of perfect. Uh, we're going to do a part two then. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to do a part two. All uh, about fertilizing and feeding your roses. So you can have those beautiful blooms. Yeah. Beth, uh, well, she has a book coming out. So <laughs> she has a, We have well, a book coming out. There's a book coming out in April, uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, <laughs> if you follow us. It's called Fur and Flower. It's written by Beth and her sister, Sarah. And we thought to do a little closing today uh, that she's going to do. She's going to read a little paragraph from the book. Yeah. A little, a little inklet. Inklet. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Making up, <laughs> making up words. Um, well, if you can hear way. me over the sound of this, like, it's, horrific You know, downpour. it's like um, background noise. So just enjoy. Like, this is a little ASMR moment for Beth <laughs> of reading. So if you haven't picked up our book, it comes out April 4th. Um, and you can find it on our link in our bio and uh, yeah, I'll have a link in this. It, oh, yes. In the show okay. notes. Thank you, Riley. And Emma photographed this amazingly beautiful, and Riley was well, the stylist. And before you read it, I just want to say, if you guys end up ordering it straight from our website, you guys actually get something really special. You get some flower seeds, and then I also got some prints from um, my photography that's in the book. We're going to add a print for you. And that's something that you will not get if you just order from, like, Amazon or right. where the other places. And that's in the first 50 orders? Is no, we're going we're gonna, to... We're going to... We're going to... We thought that if they order from us, then we're going to include then that you're in. you're special. You're going to get a signed <laughs> copy with a print from Emma that mm-hmm. Emma's going to sign as well. And... Um, we are going <laughs> photographer Emma <laughs> is going to be a professional and then we're just going to tackle some of the I think we have some Cosmo seeds that we're going to tuck in uh, for your garden and yeah so I thought I would just read a little little bit here and um, this is from the spring chapter so it's the one called A Thousand First Kisses my sister Sarah wrote this one so um, you want to say what it's about first? Yeah. So basically, she's in the garden with her young son. I think he's grade school age, mm-hmm. kind of that almost on the verge of getting into middle school kind of thing. And he's met a sweet girl in class. And his family is from a very big family that lives very local, that everybody goes to school there. And he's related to the majority of the people. So <laughs> um, he's struggling a little bit to find someone that's suitable <laughs> so as a middle schooler as a middle, I'll well, never find love no, never um, so, yeah, he's like basically I will never find love okay so here we go his little shoulders slump as he laments that he will never find anybody ever I assure him that the world is much bigger than the one stoplight town someday he will see and besides I added Your first kiss is special. There's only one of them in you, so there is absolutely no need to be in a rush to spend it. He ponders this for a minute, then settles back on his heels with a grin on his young face. Mom, I can feel a thousand first kisses in me, he replies. I try to hide my smile. Anyways, I loved that one. Yeah. So there's a little tidbit of the book, but it's just fun and easy read and just kind of transports you to a place that I think we've all had little memories, little conversations like that. If you've got kids or, you know, I don't know. It's it, There's a little bit of uh, for everybody in it with a lot of really yummy kind of home cooked meals and inspiration for the garden, the home and just life in general. So anyways... 
Yeah, we would love it, your support. Yes, we would. Yeah. Get your copy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's done really well, actually. And I'm super proud of it. It's, yeah. it's been a lot of work, a learning curve, huge learning curve. Um, but I think the overall end result of the book has been fantastic. So, yeah. Well, anyway, if you enjoyed this and you also have any friends that would also enjoy listening to three female flower farmers talk about roses and the different diseases and how hard it is to take care of them, but it's so worth it. And also, we have a book out, so don't forget to go pre-order that. Link is in the bio. Then please share this with them. And I hope you had a blooming good time with us. So, like, do we have to actually go to work now? Yes, we do.